This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. different today yeah we're doing a show after a loss right it's been quite a while it's yeah, been a long a while. long while um actually since well last year against week baltimore 17, right. week 17 against baltimore uh steelers losing uh to the washington football team 23 17 on uh, monday night slash afternoon whatever you want to call <laughs> on that monday. yeah Yesterday. um they led the, the entire un, they led that game until there were just over two minutes left they did. They were also outscored twenty to three in the second half. You know, I, yeah. there's a lot to talk about in that game, and I can't wait to do it. And this, by no means, is making an excuse for for the Steelers because this is football. But they look like a tired team to me. They look like a team has played three games in twelve days and hasn't really had a bye, and injuries are starting to settle in. And they weren't the same team in the second half as they were in the first. And I think you got to give Washington a lot of credit. They played hard, um, but the self-inflicted, you know, uh, self-inflicted wounds that this team's committed to itself over the last two weeks aren't excusable, and I'm not excusing them away with fatigue, but I think it's something to do with it. Well, you also started that game yesterday without seven starters that's, that's from what opening I mean, right? day. They're beat up. You lost two more in the second half of the game on yeah. your defense where you couldn't afford to lose them, um, and so I think that kind of caught up with them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, by the same token, I think if they have Chris Boswell in that game, mm-hmm. they probably win it. That's a good point. I mean, obviously that, and not that they don't pass on the field goal attempt with with yeah. uh, you know you handle things differently. Left. Yeah, you treat the game a little bit differently. True. Um, Just a trust factor, and that, that's he's a big starter for this team. Yeah, I mean, right. he's just, you know, it, it, in it, ways it, we saw what it looked like in or, you know. in 2018 when they didn't have. A solid place kicker when Boswell had oh, a, yeah. a bad year. We saw what that looked like. Oh, it cost him three or four wins. Right. I mean, it really well, did. And, and not having him available yesterday, I think really, I'm not going to put it all on that. And I'm no, not put, I'm course. not putting it on Matthew Wright or anything like it. There's yeah, he no, didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing that says if they kick that field goal that Washington doesn't go down and kick that other the next field goal anyways. Sure, sure. But it does change the events that happen after that a little bit. No, it's certainly a factor. It's one of many, I think. Um, what was I going to say? Even last week. It was very obvious to focus on the JV team that the Ravens had out there. But the Steelers without P- Pouncey Connor to it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's a big deal too, you know. Like right. They're, and then to play another one in five days against a very rested team, I'm not excusing things away because of rest and, you know, where this team is in terms of their um, injuries and how fresh they are. But they – could use a buy right now. <laughs> that was my, it's, my it's, you know, in, in many ways, they're back on a normal work schedule this now week. Now at least they are, right? Yeah. I think that'll help. They had the last two games have not been on a regular work schedule mm-hmm. at all. And you could That's say, well, they it. didn't play that, that Ravens game when they expected to play it. It should have been, you know, 
on a sun on Thursday, and they mm-hmm. had to, but they had to wait for it, right? And then you had to play back to back games, and again, Washington was sitting there the entire time, going, "Okay, we're preparing for the Steelers." That's all they do every day. Yeah, prepare for the Steelers. Prepare right. for the Steelers. They knew when that game was going to be played. They, mm-hmm. you know, prep for it that way. And I thought, you know, we heard uh, there were some reports out there that you know when when the Washington was leaving the field, Montez Sweat and Chase Young were so, "Oh, the Ravens they they exposed some things against the Steelers." Here's the thing. Mm. That stuff, that kind of stuff, first of all, gets said a lot when you win. Oh, right, right, right. Secondly, the Steelers didn't have any Washington, true Washington-specific plays or schemes that they could really come up with. They had two practices. Yeah, that's probably true, too. It's like a Thursday night game. It, it was like a Thursday night right, game, right. and and you go you go to the with your basics in those kind of mm-hmm. games. Makes you a lot more predictable. Makes you much more predictable. You and can't, this offense is becoming predictable. And that's the other part <laughs> of the equation. Right, right. I, I wrote about that today, and Mike Tomlin talked about it. They threw the ball 53 times in this football game. Mm-hmm. They threw it 51 times last week. To your point, they had to lead the whole game. And they led the entire game until mm-hmm. two minutes. there were two minutes remaining. They ran the ball 14 times for 21 yards yesterday. Now, they have struggled running the football over the last month and a half. Clearly. The last five games, uh, they've run the ball. They're averaging 57 yards rushing per game. Per game. Over how many games? Five, did you say? Over the last five. And that includes a 100-yard game uh, against Cincinnati. Okay, right. They ran for over 100 yards against Cincinnati. Uh, In their first seven games, they averaged 118 yards rushing. The difference is in those first, in the last five games, they've averaged 19.8 rushing attempts per game. Yeah. Well, you're, and again, that was skewed by the game against the Bengals where they ran it 26 times. Right. I mean, the last two games, they have not run the ball at all. The last two game or the last five game, or I'm sorry, the first seven games, they averaged 28.6 rushing attempts. attempts per game. Okay. That's attempts. Yeah. Like, I don't know necessarily that this team can't run the ball because how many times do you see a team run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, not get much. We see it against the Steelers a lot. Run the ball, you know, five straight runs get you five yards. And that sixth run gets you 15. And now all of a sudden you've got, you know, now it looks like your, your numbers look so much better because you broke one. You broke one, right. You can't break one there. if you don't try it. We could do the whole show on just this, conversa- on just this conversation. And you said something before we even went on the air that I 100% agree with is we don't know if this offensive line's a bad run-blocking line. I, I, I'm not sold that it is. You know, I, I'm sold that Pouncey would sure help and that you're playing basically a third-string center, you know. Um, but I'm not sold that this is not a, a line that can open holes in the run game. Are they coming off and moving bodies, those five? Not particularly the last couple of weeks, but the peripheral blocking's bad. I didn't think they'd miss Connor as much as they have. But to your point... The run game is about patience and sticking with it. You know, I mean, yeah. Derrick Henry has a lot of quarters where he gets two yards a carry, and then in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter they start. Right, yeah, right. They ran the ball at the end of the third quarter, uh, their best run of the day. Anthony McFarland on their on the opening play of a possession mm-hmm. gets nine yards. They didn't run him again. They ran. They threw the ball eleven consecutive times. They didn't run the ball again until it was third and ten on their next possession down inside their own 10, and they ran a third and 10 draw to Benny Snell, and he mm-hmm. got dropped for a two-yard loss. That was their last run of the game. That was with 13 minutes left in the game. So those were their last two runs Their last the two runs of the game. With a lead. With a lead. Yeah, it wasn't comeback time. It wasn't right. I'm of the belief that if your offensive line spends the entire game catching guys, which is what you're doing oh, sure, in the, sure. in the you're passing retreating. game. You're retreating the right. entire yeah. game. 
you get into that mentality, you can't mm-hmm. come off. The, I think you need to you need to come off the ball to be able uh, consistently to be able to come off the ball. If you know what I'm saying, I hear what you're saying. You can't be backing up the entire game and then come in and all of a sudden say, "Okay, now we're going to run." Yeah, I think Doesn't there work is that a mentality, way. you know. Certainly, I mean, times have changed. No offense to Tuncher Wolf, but no, the times have really changed since they played, and the game's much different. But they'll sit there and tell you, like, I mean, and every lineman will tell you they love the run block. You know, I mean, that's they they get to be the hammer instead of the nail. And if you don't do it, you're not as good at it. You don't get into that rhythm. You, you, there's a feel for it, you know, of uh, there's more timing to the run game than people realize, right. too. You know, I'm going to hand this guy off, or how, how tight should I make my pool, or how do I get to the second level against this front, you know. Where am I supposed to? Where am, what angle on. am I supposed to get this guy yeah, on? Right. You know, when I come off the ball on this reach block, I can do it to this guy, but I can't quite get to this one. You know, it, you figure that stuff out. And I was always blown away when I was with teams, just being down on the sideline, especially with Pitt. I really didn't have any responsibility. I'd just go over and watch the O line coach and the little adjustments it'd make in the run game as as it went on. That you wouldn't think about. Like I thought he was going to be a a zero shade at the nose, but he's a one. So we got to trade our base run just a little, you know, like that kind of stuff. It gets better throughout the game, and you wear the defense. You wear down. the defense, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, it's physically. Yeah, I, I just I don't know that these guys can't run block. I know they're the not being. Five, I know. I know they're not being asked to run block at all, at all, at all. And that to me, um, it really started in the in the second half of the of the first Baltimore game when okay. the Steelers went to that that. No, no huddle package with with, with, the, with the empty and, set and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, right. No, no, no running back. And I've been either. a proponent of using that package. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be the only thing that you do, though. It can't be what your your foundation. And that's largely what we've seen the last couple of games here. Hey, we're just mm-hmm. going to come out and do this. Let Ben draw it up in the dirt, and do, you know, Which he's he's been the offensive right. coordinator, and there's not a quarterback in the league who is going to consistently call run plays. Probably not. Probably not. They want to throw the football. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, you're probably right. And certainly don't blame all on the offensive coordinator or the play caller because things change from the time it leaves the play caller's lips to the time the ball snapped. Often, I'm sure. And we'll never yeah. know those numbers. But last time Ben was a quarterback was 2018, and they threw the ball more than anything in the league, too. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit of a trend here. And, frankly, they're really good at it. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, they still – the last two games have only been 36 points total, but they're still, what, fifth in the league in scoring or something like that. I mean, they're, the offense isn't broke. And I'm not saying – It think just needs to be tweaked. That all of a sudden they have to become the Browns or Patriots and no. lead, the team, lead the league in rushing. It doesn't need to be uh, – they need to get back to averaging that 28 rushing attempts per game. Yes. As opposed to 18 or 19. Especially with the lead. You yeah. know, if you have – Going into the half, the Steelers, well, that goofy K-ball nonsense was maybe a bigger deal than people realize. Right. If you think it about it gave Washington final. three free points. And lost by three points. It, I mean, that yeah. was a free play. That was three free points. Anyway, uh, weird things happen in football. But going into the half, you were the dominant team at that point. And it didn't look like Washington would have – I didn't think they could get in the end zone all day. Me neither. And you can afford to go run, run, pass on a couple, you know, and it, it, it'll pay off. Put some money in the bank for later. Yeah. You know? And there's not really – if you're going if, to if, – if the basis of your offense is going to be that short passing game. Which clearly it is. There's no difference to me in running the football or throwing a, a three-yard pass. Oh, no, in terms of – It's the same thing. Yeah. 
and, and they'll say this and they'll right. say that as well. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference in the mentality. There is on fourth and one. Right. There is situationally. There is predictability. I mean, uh, why do you think all these passes are getting batted down? Because they know they're throwing short stuff. You know, right. like uh, in addition to running the ball more, I think they need to take more deep shots too. You know, I mean, you, you can't just. You can't just have one facet of your offense, and right now they have one facet of their offense. And yeah, it's a good one if people don't drop ten passes a game. Right. Well, and that's <laughs> that's the other side of the. I that's mean, the, I, I looked that. it up today, and they've been credited with twenty-seven drops this year. Now there are different level like drops are subjective. I know. I was say, I've seen you a know, lot of numbers over the last. You could you, you know, if I throw if I throw you the ball and the, and and Jacob is right on you and, and pulls it out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Is that a drop? Some people might consider that a drop. I consider, you know, if, if, if mm-hmm. the defender's there and breaks it up. Or a bad throw behind you that is catchable, but probably right. only make it one out of five. Are we counting five. Gerald Hawkins as a drop? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> right, or, you know, right, right. Yeah. Is, is the throw necessarily to Anthony McFarland on fourth and one, which is ridiculous in itself? That's, that's something I kind of want to talk about. Too, um, right? yeah. Is that a drop because it touched his hands or do you, you know. That was a bad throw. It was a bad throw. Right. Yeah. But clearly, drops are a problem. The last correct, two weeks. yeah. I mean, there's some there's some easy ones. Bad, side, right. You know, guys that should not be dropping the football. No, are dropping the football. Part of me thinks that's a good thing because collectively, I don't think this is a bad hands group of receivers. Over there, if they were, they would not be in the NFL. Right. Very long. I think Ebron has a little bit of a history. I think Deontay worries me because he's not the. But overall. I don't think this is a bad hands group. I bet that comes back to the mean, and we'll look at these two games and say that was our worst job catching the football all year. So that's promising. But you can't have any. I mean, that's 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 part of the problem. Think your point is if you live and die by the short passing game, which yes is kind of the same as a run game. There is more room for error. There's things more things that can go wrong. Correct. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna Weather. you're gonna pass 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 every time and one of those passes is a three yard catch and the next one is, a, is an incompletion or a drop pass mm-hmm. third and seven is still third and seven you know, or a tip ball yeah. or a deflection as opposed to hands or, you, know, you know if you ran the ball twice and it's, it's third and seven you go whoa you ran ran run run pass and it's it's third and seven mm-hmm. it's the same thing it's the same thing the results are the same you eat as much clock you know i mean these actually you eat more clock if you're running the football in those but situations. The ball, right yeah. right i mean but my point, though, about the short passing game is they're still a very good time of possession team. So it's not like last year where the defense was just on the field all the time because you couldn't, you know, hold the ball. Right. You know, the defense isn't suffering that much because of the passing game and lack of a run game. But one of the other issues is in order to do these things that we've mentioned about dedicating yourself a little bit more to the run, just running the ball those 28 times. It doesn't mean you always have to, but it doesn't mean there's a little bit of a catch twenty two because your best football players might not be on the field then. You know, like they're so good at wide. I, receiver. I hear that, and I've said the same thing. It's um, a bit of a curse. Is it, what it, I'm saying. It's a great problem to have, but they have five really good pass catchers, four receivers, and and Ebron. Yeah, and uh, you know. There's not enough snaps for all of them. There's not enough balls. To go I'm not. In, I'm not in favor of, of. Hey, let's bring the the you know the, the Gerald Hawkins in as the extra blocker and the fullback and boy you, you know right. you, one wide receiver on the field and just pound the football. No, I don't know if that's ever the case. You you could, ever but you could go. You could go in a three wide receiver set with a tight end and run the football. 
people do. Lots all of people time. do. <laughs> yeah. People do it all the time. And you've still got four dangerous weapons on the field. Mm-hmm. And if some of these guys are dropping footballs, then they can stand and watch. Yeah. Um, against this team, and I didn't. I, I, I kind of looked at these these numbers before the game. Washington's not a big dime team. They're a heavy nickel team. Right. So I thought throwing was the right call, and I'm sure that was their you know thoughts going into this is we'll get people on linebackers, we'll get receivers on safeties if we have a lot of receivers on the field. That's fine, and none of us would be complaining if they catch the football. Right? Yeah. They win the game. If they win that game, twenty three seventeen, which is pretty much what I predict after yeah. twenty four seventeen, we're not complaining about this right now. No. And frankly, if they catch, if they have half the number of drops against the Ravens, that game's not close. Either. Not even. I mean, remotely. no one's even worried about anything. And, and I think that's kind of why. And I want to get into the second reason in the next segment. I think that's kind of why. In this game, after this game, we didn't hear Mike Tomlin. You know, he was. He used words like, you know, us sucking and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature after the Baltimore game. This game, he was like, okay, we're going to we're gonna smile on the face. With us. I, think it, I think it relieved it, it, some pressure off the team. Probably. And this is horrible to say, but it's the best game you could lose all year. Absolutely. That's the other thing. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing about it. Losing the Bills or losing the Cleveland or, you know what I mean? You're still in first place in the conference. It's probably a good wake-up call. But I am worried about their fatigue, injuries, you know, that sort of thing. But to your point, a, a full week will help, and I'm sure he'll be really easy on them Wednesday. You know, a lot of the guys probably won't practice if they're questionable, which they think they could use. And I don't know. Just I didn't like the I didn't like the I don't say the effort. I just didn't like the the pad level, the tackling, the, the attention to detail in the second half of the game. And I think, you know, fatigue has something to do with it. It's been a rough se- a rough couple weeks. We'll talk more about that when we return. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Kill the coaching staff, or <laughs> throw the whole thing in the toilet after one loss, and you know, the first week of December. Yeah. I, I think a lot of Steeler fans have their their antenna up because after their game against the Ravens, yeah, uh, a lot of the national pundits were, "Well, these guys aren't really that good," and mm-hmm. you know, and then they go out and they lose the next game. We said this going into the Ravens game. That was a no-win situation, too. right? Yeah, like, if, you, if you'd have beat them by forty, you're like you're supposed to. You know, I mean, it was never was going to be good enough. It wasn't a good performance. Don't get me wrong, but. It, it's going to hurt your perception. The two games before that, beat the, they beat the Bengals thirty-six to ten, crushed them, and they beat Jacksonville twenty-seven to three, crushed them. Right. I mean, they're <laughs> I mean, terrible teams. But yeah, it's, but that's, that's what you're supposed yeah, to do. That's you what know? you're supposed to do. Look at the Jags the last five games or so. They played everyone tight except they the just Steelers. took Minnesota into overtime. Right. Yeah. They took the Packers to down to the wire. I mean, everyone. They played five good teams, and one of them crushed them, and that was the Steelers. Right. You know. So I'm not. I'm not ready to jump off the show. This is still a good football team. Oh, I think so too. They just need to get back to. I mean, and and that's I think why Mike Tomlin was was not displeased yesterday. This was the reality check 
mm-hmm. that they needed. You knew it was coming because you could, you know, you had this. You had all the issues against Baltimore last week, but there were also some built-in excuses there. Well, it was this, and mm-hmm. you know, the game got moved three times, and well, we still won the football game, and right. you know, we're eleven and zero. And he said that over and over again. You know, we're not a perfect team. The only thing perfect about the team is the record. Yeah. He realizes that. I mean, everybody so in the building realizes that. It's, right. it's more difficult, I think, for a coach and a coaching staff to get players to buy into, hey, you know, you need to do this uh, or we're going to lose a game. And yeah, you keep, sure. But you keep winning games. And you uh, say you're making these mistakes. Right, but, right, hey, right. coach, we're winning these. We'll we got this. Out, we yeah, got this. Right, right. Well, now you got a loss. And you, it hurts. And it hurts. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Maybe coach is right about this. Maybe I do sure. need to be, you know, focus in a little more. My concentration. We'll go back to the, you know, the drops. The, the concentration has to be a little bit better here. We can't. Absolutely. We can't just okay. I'm going to drop the. I drop the football in this situation, but I'll get the next one. Yeah, we'll still win. Yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. Ben will pull it out, or you know, right, yeah. I'll make a big play next time, or you know, Claypool will get behind somebody, or whatever. Somebody else will. You know, the defense will take the ball away and scoop it. Right. Score, yeah. You know, right. So I, I, I think in that respect, in that regard. This isn't this isn't the end of the world. No, no. It, I mean, this be good is good for them in yeah. the long run, possibly. Right. I mean, we, we, you know, a lot of people have talked about this. Well, they need to lose one somewhere, and you know, mm-hmm. this is the one you could lose. It's a good one to, if you could pick yeah. one. This is the one you want. Yeah. Now, what you had done by losing this game is you've given yourself no margin for error. Of course. I mean, you've definitely sliced it, it, it more thinly because now you got to go play the nine and three Bills. Oh, they got three tough games now. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, the game there. against the Bengals. They're going to win. That They're going to win that game. To me, I I don't know that the Colts have enough to beat them here. I think the Colts can hang with anybody. I mean, that's a respectable opponent, though. Yeah, is my point. I mean, that's it's, not it, an no. Easy it's game. not. It, it's yeah. It's it's not an easy game. No. But if they're playing it, if they're playing the way that they're capable of playing. Mm-hmm. They could win all four of these games. Oh, without question. Yeah, but, but you can't. Got three tough ones. You though. can't go into these games and play like you did the last two games. No, no. I mean, you'll beat the Bengals playing that way. The other three you'd lose to. Yeah. I mean, assuming that they play close to their best game. No, you're you're 100 percent right. But this yeah. is still a team that that beat Cleveland 38 to seven. Sure. In week six. How often is the Browns underway with this team? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In our this is still a you know is as. Close as some of those games looked on the scoreboard early in the season. The Giants was 26-16. It was not that close. No. Denver was 26-21. It was not that close. No. Uh, Houston was 28-21. It was not that close. You know, the, the, the game was never in doubt. The Philadelphia game. These games were never in doubt. No, they handled You could look at the scores and go, oh, that was a close game. They barely beat. No, yeah. they didn't barely beat. I mean, Broncos. you know, we, we had this conversation, I think I texted you over the weekend, that, you know, Kansas City has won its last – four games by a combined 15 points. Yeah, right. Now, you could look at that and say, well, that game against Tampa Bay was never in question. Okay. They, okay, but it still Bucks, it still ended up 27-24. The Bucs were the better team in the second half of that game. Yeah, absolutely. They stopped playing man coverage against Tyreek on an <laughs> island, and th- things weren't as easy. It, for, it turned things right, around. Right, right, right. The game against Denver, they were not clearly the better team in that game. No, they weren't. That was a very evenly That was a hard-fought game. game. If, if Drew Locke was a better quarterback, Denver might win that game. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a very good game plan. Their red zone defense was excellent. Um, they had some success on the ground. And, and I was going to say that before. You know, like, Tomlin has admitted this is not a perfect team. The only thing perfect is the record. Well, folks, the Chiefs are far from perfect, too. The Saints have issues. There's the not Packers a perfect team out issues. there. Right. I mean, it, it just doesn't get brought up by the national media because their records weren't perfect. Right. You know what I That's mean? That's the thing, yeah. It's easy to say 
And, and heck, I said it about the Packers all last year. This is the worst 13 and three team I've ever seen. <laughs> well, okay, but and if they were 16 and 0, I'd have said it too. I mean, I would have been one of those guys. But nobody says it with the the Chiefs because they're not undefeated or the same. And they won or, the Super Bowl last year. They won year, the Super yeah. Bowl, and they're a very very good team. And there's a lot of very good teams out there, but none of them are heads above the rest, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. And so, you know, Washington caught the Steelers at the right time. Perfect timing, yeah. It was good timing. They had the extra rest. They had mm-hmm. the time to prepare. And they're playing better. And they're, they're playing, yeah. Anymore. They're playing better football. Uh, but you know, I, I look at the way this schedule finishes up, and yes, a couple of these games are at night. The next two are at night. Buffalo's at night. Cincinnati's at night. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me at all because I know this team shows up for prime time games. Yeah, Tomlin's history at night's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I also know that these games, unless unless something happens here crazy with the schedule. They're going to be, you know, Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Sunday. Right, right. Unless they're not going to be on a Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon. afternoon it's not going to be a Monday <laughs> afternoon game. Yes. You know, it, we've talked about the craziness this so many times, but these guys are coaches, players, the whole teams are massive creatures of habit, and when you mess with that habit, it definitely has a negative effect on teams. I know that for a fact. That's not an excuse. I mean, it doesn't mean yeah. The other team has to deal with it too. Right, 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 right. But the but, Steelers have gone through a lot of it the last couple of weeks and yeah. changing their routine. Again, not in. I keep bringing it up too, though. But now there's you got injuries settled in. I mean, they could use some rest, and maybe seven days is perfect amount. I mean, I'm not saying they need to take the next three days, three weeks off or anything, and go to Tahiti. You know, they just need. They look like a pretty a normal up team right regular now. schedule, right? And they have some injuries now too. Yeah. I mean, and they don't need you know they're not going to be practicing having a full practice on Saturday this week. Right. It's going to be a regular right. walkthrough. They're not going to be they're having go their walkthrough their on Sunday. Right. They're not going to be practicing. You know, the last two weekends they've practiced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've practice. had regular practices because and they and the, point. against Baltimore they they weren't even you know they didn't even know when they were going to play. So even let's just talk, I know we don't know all this information, but. Who do you expect, very preliminary, no one's holding you to it, who do you think they will be without on Sunday? Well, Mike Tomlin talked about it today. He expects Marquise Pouncey and James Conner back off the okay. COVID list. They need Pouncey. He expects Steven yeah. Nelson to be back. Okay. Um, yeah, it seemed like he was questionable for this one. Yeah. Joe Hayden's in the concussion protocol, so okay. that's going to be something that, that right. yeah, that could go into Saturday um, you know, just with the way the concussion protocol works, because this was a Monday game, that makes it a little more dicey. Okay. Uh, but if he gets through everything okay, I would expect him to potentially practice Friday. Okay. To get it, that would be his day of getting some work in, the physical activity to see how he responds to it. Okay. And then and then potentially go through and the walk through Saturday. Goes. And he's a veteran. It's not like he, you know, you couldn't live without practice for yeah. a while too. Um, real quick, I mean, and Boswell's the other one that. You know, Tom that was kind of mysterious. Yeah, that happened. You know, Saturday. All of a sudden, he was held out. Of, it's, it's, he was held out of Saturday's practice, but it's tough to tell if the kicker's being held out of practice. To be quite Nobody frank, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. The, they don't do a lot of kicking in practice every week. And they could put him on the questionable list or the limited list, and it's not like you'd be like, "Well, you didn't run eight go routes." I don't right? Know. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, most of the time they're you know either working on their own off on the side, mm-hmm. or and the reporters' eyes are elsewhere too. Right, you're, you're watching, watching the other the, stuff going the, on, the, the real the, stuff, the real action. Watching the special team stuff is not fun. Um, well, good. I mean, all in all, that's kind of promising. Um, yeah, Spillane, Spillane will be Spillane be will be the only guy they'll be without. He's probably out at least two weeks. That's okay. a that's a sprained knee, uh, and that doesn't 
bother me all that much. Part of me is a, not happy about it. Part of me looks as if that's a better opportunity to get Williamson out there even more. That's where it was trending maybe, anyways. It was starting to go in that way, and maybe even Gilbert a few more snaps. Um, I hope it doesn't mean more Marcus Allen. I think that experiment, experiment's probably a failed one, yeah. know, frankly. I think, I mean, we th- I think we talked about this last week. I, I think there's a chance that Mar- you know Ulysses Gilbert gets activated or at yeah. least starts practicing this week. I need to watch the second half. I only got through halftime this morning. But watching it in real time, I really felt, and if there wasn't another game after, I probably would have watched it last night. But I felt like this was the first time, maybe not the first time, but certainly the most obvious time. They where, missed Bush. Yeah. yeah. That All the dump-offs and the running backs. And, yeah. McKissick on flat routes and stuff. Because, frankly, I was mad at the TV at that point. I'm like, this is all Alex Smith can do. You know, you guys have taken away McLaurin so well. Okay, the tight end's beating you a little bit. But all he wants to do is throw vertical to these to McKissick and, you know, with Gibson out. He Just don't give him that. And yeah. I thought Vince looked slow and, you know, they had a hard time yeah. getting to McKissick the McKissick ended up guys. with 10 catches on 10 targets for 70 yards. Yeah. I mean, I mean were, that was their run game alternative. That was their run. There were seven games a pop, seven yards a pop. Yeah. So, you know, easy throws padding Smith's stats, but that was the one thing that, that bothered me defensively was, man, they're, they're, they sure look like they're throwing at Vince a lot. Yeah, I mean, and it was that was something that they did in the second half that they, you know, okay, we're just going to run the receivers deep. Mm-hmm. and that, that He was the main target on those. Those weren't dump-off passes. That's, that was where oh, his, that's design. That yeah, was his right. primary. That's what yeah. they do. Right. Yeah. That's what they do. No, no doubt about it. Um, to the cornerback conversation, we mentioned this before the Reds or the football team's game. <laughs> They only have one receiver. So sitting Nelson, if it's questionable, great week to do it. Roll coverage towards McLaurin. But then you lose Hayden. And that's when it, yeah. You know? That's when it, things got a little dicey for them. Yeah. The Bills are sort of like that. Like, they're they're changing this. But when John Brown's been out, they've been a much less passing game. But this last couple of weeks or so, and certainly last yeah, night. Yeah, Beasley's been a. Beasley's been really yeah. good. And Davis, the rookie, has been pretty serviceable and Diggs is a true number one you yeah. know like last night they moved the ball with ease but uh, so one corner injury I can live with two I can't you yeah know what I mean? two makes it a little more a little right. more troublesome so and they live in three and four receiver sets too yeah we'll know? see uh, we'll see what happens with those guys this week we'll keep you updated on all the uh, practice stuff uh but uh yeah I, I think they're they're getting healthier at least as healthy as they're going Looks to be like at this it. point right right and you know we'll see what that uh, what that leads to here. But again, uh, they started that game last night with uh, down seven starters, eight counting Boswell. I don't know why that isn't brought up more from the start of the season. Like, right, right. I mean, you're losing key guys too. I mean, Dupree and that's Bush, a thirty year starting line. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, key dudes. You yeah, know, the guys are spending a lot of money on high draft picks and trading up for. Um, I'm not calling out the front office or anything like that, but I, I thought the lack of center depth has been exposed, and it should be on the offseason to-do list in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. If that's a, a whiz like I mean, some of the, a couple or, of the things that we talked about it during the draft, uh, a, a better backup running back or a guy who was a potential starter in mm-hmm. waiting and a potential center yeah, in yeah. the draft. I mean, those both, both would have been helpful but you know then you'd lose maybe you don't draft Alex Highsmith or maybe you don't draft and I wanted to call him out I thought he played pretty darn well for yeah. as many I mean as a full-time guy I think he passed his first test yeah I was on a Steeler video today and it was a hard question I mean it was our last segment was what are the silver linings from this game and I'd probably told him like I don't 
really have many. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 frankly, I, I didn't come away thinking, well, but this was great. Highsmith was one of them for me. I came up with, I, I don't think they'll keep dropping the ball as much as often as they have the last two weeks. I guess that's a silver lining. Well, that and I, and I thought what, you know, there was some question is, well, how's TJ going to be without He's Bud Dupree good. on the other side? He was still pretty good. He was still pretty good, <laughs> yeah. I came up with Highsmith. I came up with, I don't think they'll drop the ball that much. And, oh, by the way, their protection against an elite pass rushing yeah. line. Ben Roethlisberger was hit is, twice. Yeah, he's been sacked the entire game. Yeah, right, right. Hit twice. Right. And so. I know a lot of it's on him getting the ball out. But you, you hold Chase Young and Allen and Payne and Sweat and those guys to no sacks, that's when the winning football. Yeah, I agree. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, you're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Today is Tuesday. There's still a game left to be played tonight. Nuts. Uh, but uh, Matt did his power rankings, so we'll take a look at those. Oh, what did, does did, this yes. loss do to the Steelers in the, in the big picture? I dinged them a little bit. We'll talk about that when we return right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It was Robert Tanyan was the guy I started. Oh, okay. So Everybody it was okay. Was on the edge of their seats. Listening, yeah. Listen to our office. My DFS lineup this right, week, right, right. I, I cashed in, in, a, in a big way. So I um, had my uh, Green Bay stack, Devontae Bay Adams, stack. Nice. Aaron Rodgers, Robert Tanyan. It's a good group. Boy, Especially that, when Rodgers is throwing a football to, to those guys in the end zone. That Rodgers-Adams connection up there <laughs> it's is unbelievable. unbelievable. Although I'll say this, his 400th touchdown pass – Devontae Adams, that's a face mask. I'd have to see it again. He had I'm the sure – I mean, he, the whole way – it was a 10 – quick out or mm-hmm. quick little, little, you know, bubble screen type thing. And Adams grabs the guy's face mask at the 10 and essentially yanks the defender into the end zone with yeah. it from the 10. That's a face mask. It's a little bit of a loophole or th- something that doesn't get called much. If you have the ball in your hands, you're kind of allowed the face mask more than anyone else on the field, yeah. which isn't cool. No, it's, it's not cool at all. I mean, it's, yeah, right, you're, yeah right. you're still yanking the guy's head around. <laughs> right. It's just as scary for, to the guy getting face masked. Yeah. It's kind of tough to tackle a guy when he's got you by the face mask. <laughs> face mask, twisting your neck Pushing your, neck your head around, away, right? yeah. These guys are pretty strong, too. They can do some damage. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I got your uh, your rankings here, your, your power rankings. Yeah, they're here, getting uh, tough. From the Pro Football Network, and I, I don't envy you having to do this at this point in the season because because some of the bad teams aren't so bad anymore. Some of either. the bad teams right. aren't so bad, and there were a lot of quote unquote good teams this week who either didn't look good sure. or lost. Like the Jets almost won, the Jags almost won against decent teams. You yeah. Know? So yeah, it's not easy. You know, Tennessee did get did lose and didn't look. You know, even KC had their hands full. Had their hands you know, right, full. Right. You know, the Raiders had to struggle to beat. I dropped them hard. Jets. Or I mean, teams like Arizona and 
For some reason, Miami fans always give me a hard time. I'm always too low on Miami. That's the one <laughs> one constant every week. They've got they've ranking like, envy. I think they've yeah. won six in a row. I mean, they're they're all right, but I don't know that they're good. They're not good. I mean, and the the Browns are in that conversation too. Like they keep winning, they have a good record, but I'm not going to put them in the top five. No, they don't. They don't belong there. <laughs> oh, no, right. Yeah, you got to trust the eye test too. Right, right. Uh, at 32, you have the Bengals. Oh, they. The Jets are better than the Jets that. are. The Jets are playing competitive football right mm-hmm. now. The Bengals are not. No, and they're Finley's back in the lineup again. And yeah, I would never just... activate Mixon if I were them again. No. Or, you know, it's over. Yeah, uh, thirty-one. You have the Jets. Thirty. You have Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, been they very... all deserve it, but those two teams have been playing a little better. Yeah, twenty-nine is Dallas. I yeah, was... that could they could move up tonight if they look respectable. Yeah, but I mean the other teams in that division are playing okay except for Philly. Yeah. yeah. So, Giants even Philly was competitive. Right. Philly was competitive. Yeah. I, I Despite know. switching quarterbacks, and now they're going with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. I think that's a mistake, too. Yeah. I didn't know who to put 29, though. I mean, Dallas could look terrible tonight and make me look fine. But well, I still have the option to move. This on. next team at 28, the team you did put at 28, they belong here. Chicago. They're a bad football team. They've lost six in a row. They're not going to win another game. I think you're right. He just lost Detroit. Their defense is starting to look weary, too. I mean, yeah. That's the problem. They, they're the Steelers from last they're year. They're the Steelers from last except year. Except they made plans this season to go in with the season with these two well, quarterbacks. This is the way they drew this it up. This is the way they drew it up. <laughs> right. They didn't it's lose just the bad. Yeah. quarterback to blame. Right. But they are the Steelers from last year. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia at 27. Yeah. Uh, Detroit at 26. They look better, but that was the Bears they beat. Yeah. You know. I mean, they're not even out of the playoff race. No, they're not. I mean, that's the thing. The NFC playoff race is so much more cloudy than the AFC. It is. It is. And the AFC has more teams kind of in the mix. Mm -hmm. But the NFC has been so bad that some of these teams have gotten back into the mix because teams have stumbled. Their their seventh seed and their fourth seed could both be bad teams. Yeah. Uh, 25, you have the Chargers, and they belong there. Uh, Maybe I'm even too nice to them. Yeah, I mean they embarrassed themselves. Remember the what was it? Two years ago, when we were sitting in this very studio and we had a, a coaching rankings here, <laughs> yeah. and some bozo I can't remember who it was had yeah. Anthony Lynn ranked ahead of Mike Tomlin. Yeah, we pulled out a list and you know, and he was pretty high, and we both kind of laughed at that. He's going to get fired after this season. He should. I don't know that. He, he, this is a guy who was a coordinator, offensive coordinator for one year for a bad Buffalo team. He was a running back coach before. that. He was a running backs coach before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he ever gets another head coaching shot because I don't know what's he done to, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and I don't know that he's right. going to be a coordinator. He's not even known as like a great X's and O's type of dude. I mean, he's not that quarterback whisperer or anything like that. I heard today, I forget which site does it, but EPA, you know, expected points, mm-hmm. that this was the worst special teams game in ever. like 50 years or ever. You know? <laughs> I had New, New England was my DFS defense. Oh, that's awesome. They were fantastic. They were yeah. real cheap because yeah, they've right, not right, been right. great. And they, just, they were probably number one this week. Oh, they scored a bunch of points. Yeah. yeah. But special teams, oh, man. Oh, that's awful. Uh, Carolina at 24. I know people think they're better than that, but they've lost like seven out of eight games or something like they've that. They've also had a, put a bunch of guys on the COVID list this week. Mm, it might so not go well yeah. going forward. They're coming off a bye. But they, they do play Denver this week. but right. Denver's competitive. Denver's competitive. Yeah. Denver's D is good, and they have weapons. Uh, Houston at 23. They're a little short on weapons. You yeah, know, with the with the guys that they lost, uh, you know, the injuries and suspensions, yeah. and you get yeah. 100 yards out of Kiki QT and Chad Hansen. You know, what I mean, it's like okay. Uh, Denver at 22. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they yeah. they can hang with teams. Uh, their quarterback's not wonderful, and they're – what if they had Cortland Sutton and Vaughn Miller? You know, Maybe a little different. Yeah. Okay. I mean, other teams can say that too. I'm sure you got some feedback on this when you have Arizona down at 21. If it's that's not, how they're playing right now. That's how they're playing right now. And we'll yeah. talk about Buffalo. But if it wasn't for the Hale Murray, the Bills would be on a six-game winning streak. And Arizona, I think, would be like four in a row loss. Yeah, it's, it's obvious. Well right it's now. obvious now that Kyler Murray's hurting. They're not. He's not right. running like he did earlier in the year. He's averaging like two two rushing carry or two rushing attempts a game over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and he isn't throwing the ball as well. So yeah, they're they're not playing well. Their defense is a little overrated too. It's just okay. Um, at twenty, we get the Washington football team. Yeah, and that's up quite a bit. Yeah, them and the Giants, I think, are next. You know, that both those guys pulled off big wins. Yeah, those teams were all in the bottom. Oh, they were bottom you know, five. Bottom most, yeah. most of the year. And you have to the yeah. and Steelers. You have to give the Giants a big bump. The Giants, I thought, were much much better, much more impressive win. Going to Seattle yes. and dominating the Seattle offense. That that what game wasn't as close as the final score showed. No, they ran the ball on them. I I really give Joe Judge credit. I mean, they're he that, he's a rookie head coach with a second year quarterback who I'm sure was going to build without the Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Yeah, yeah, and now they look like a. Patriot, tough-minded style team, yeah. kind of like Miami did. I mean, they they year. took the lead in that game in the third quarter. And it was kind of over. And it was that, like Seattle couldn't get near the end zone. Right, right. Whereas Washington took the lead late in the game. Two minutes yeah. left. Okay, they won the game, but really. Coleman's running all yeah. over them. And they're physical at the line of yeah. scrimmage. The Giants just won the football game. They did. They did. They're hard to play against. And, again, I think their coach has done a really good job. I'm sure you got some pushback from Patriots fans that, well, you got them at 18. I think that's where they belong. Yeah. I mean, they beat up on some bad teams, and they're still short on talent. And. Uh, it was a good win. They're still going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. That's They're right. an 8-18. Eight eight, eight, right, yeah, right. 18's right around where they belong. Yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, 17, San Francisco at 5-7. and seven. Wasn't their best showing. No. No. I mean, they could maybe be a little lower. New England versus San Francisco is a conversation. Yeah, me. I hear you on that one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough. That's, this is where it gets tough. A lot of these Las, are very similar. Las Vegas at 7-5 and five is 16. They look bad the last two weeks. If not for just a ridiculous Greg Williams decision no. to and, and that's Greg Williams in a, in a nutshell. Like right. A that's selfish. not them trying to lose. No. That's him being a selfish, selfish egomaniac. Yeah. Right. I'm going to blitz. Uh, they shouldn't have won that game. No. And they got killed by the Falcons the week before. Right. So. Who you have at 15 at 4 and 8. All right. They're 4 and 8, but they've been. They've been competitive. You know. Since the coaching change, they've been okay. They've been yeah. pretty good. Um, they lost to the New Orleans twice in the last three weeks. I think that's their only two I losses. Think that's it. I think yeah. uh, since Raheem Morris took over. And oh, they also the the girly should have scored but didn't. True. Game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Which they should have. You know, they should have scored. Uh, Fourteen is Minnesota. They've pulled themselves back into this thing. Right now, I think they're the sixth or the they seventh seed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're okay. They had a tough one this week, but they're a pretty good team. They're well coached too. At thirteen, at eight and four, you have the Dolphins. I know I catch heat for that. I'm just not a total believer. I mean, their I, defense is really good. Two it does nothing. Teams. They don't have much in terms of weaponry. Their I think bad. they play Kansas City this week. They're going to get. I, mean, I think they'll get smoked. Yeah. It's another really well coached team, and they're going the right direction. But I do catch heat that I talk don't have to me after you've of. beaten somebody other than the Bengals and the mm-hmm. Broncos and yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that they win a. Seven game series against any of these teams above yeah. them. They were losing at halftime to the Bengals, seven to six. Oh yeah, yeah. They I mean, were the, ba- the Bengals were, are awful. Bengals are really bad. Yeah. Right. Uh, at twelve, you have Indianapolis. Like, I'd love to play this, the Dolphins in the playoffs. Yeah, and they're they're probably going to get there. Uh, 
Dolphins at, or I'm sorry, the Colts at 12, 8 and 4. They had a decent win, but they weren't clearly better than Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're fine. Uh, 11 is Tennessee at 8 and 4. You had to ding them for that loss this week. Yeah, and, and the Browns are next. All three of those teams have kind of played each other recently. Like yeah. Tennessee just wiped the floor with the Colts and just got That's the, the tough part about doing rankings, yeah. Because. I, it it's that same crazy. argument between Green Bay, New Orleans, and, and yeah, Tampa. Right, right, right. I yeah. get this all the time. Well, how can you have this team ahead of this one? We just beat them two weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't mean they're they're better. Where did you play them? When did you play them? Yeah. What was what you know? And, and who was out? The power rank puzzle is a weird one. And in, in terms of, I felt like I had to put the Browns over the Titans and the Titans over the Colts. Well, the Browns have also beaten the Colts, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that makes that makes and, some and sense. They have a very good. The Browns are the Browns are winning the AFC South right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they have a chance to win the AFC North. That could happen. I don't think I don't it see will. It. Yeah, I don't uh, see it. But I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, where do I have them? Eight, something like that? They're ten. Ten. Cleveland's at ten. Baltimore is at nine. Maybe Baltimore looks terrible tonight, and I'll move them below You know, the Colts, Titans, Browns. I'm betting that doesn't happen. Probably we'll not, see. yeah. But I think that's a high watermark for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, eight is Tampa at seven and five. And they have issues. They've got issues. Yeah. Seven is Seattle at eight they, and four. He had to ding, ding him a little bit. They lost the Giants. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, the Rams at eight and four are sixth. I'm a Rams believer, but they've had some down they're up moments and down. too. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're up and, and down. I don't love Very, their quarterback either. Uh, Buffalo at five at nine and three. Yeah. Again, I mean, if it's not for the Hale Murray play, they're on a big time winning streak. And I thought they were super impressive last night. But are they a great team? No. Uh, Green Bay at four, nine and three. Mm-hmm. They have issues too, but I think Rodgers is playing as well as any quarterback in the league, including Mahomes. I mean, he's one A right now. Where I think he's outplaying Wilson. They're pretty darn good on offense. Yeah, uh, three is the Steelers. You moved them down a spot this week at eleven. They've been one. two most of the time, and I, I put the Saints ahead of them. Uh, the, yeah, the Saints are at two. Taysom Hill still oh. just. He was better this week, but that doesn't mean he was a good quarterback. He's not this a quarterback. Week, right. He's not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. But at least Breeze is coming back soon. I mean, they're they're potentially really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one is uh, Kansas City, mm, and we've talked about them a lot. They have yeah. some problems, but hey, they're a really good team. Yep. And so that's uh, what that's Matt's power rankings. You can find those on the Pro Football Network. Uh, go ahead and text at Matt uh, <laughs> at Williamson NFL. Tell me go, all at Williamson NFL. About, tell him right. how wrong he is. Sure, I get it all the time. Yeah, he, he should be used to it by now. But uh, <laughs> it's only been going on for eighteen years or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how long you been married? Oh well, yeah, longer than that. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. When we come back, it's time for the fantasy football focus. Sure. We'll get to that right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's time for the Fantasy Football Focus, and it's Tuesday, so we'll take a look uh, 
at the uh, top scorers from the weekend. This being, Although we have a game still. There's still a game <laughs> remaining. This is week 13, which yeah. means for most leagues, this was the last week of the regular season. Yeah, right, right. So a lot of you are out of it probably. A lot of you are gearing up for a, a, a playoff run. So interesting times. It is interesting times. And uh, Josh Allen was the, the leading scorer this week at uh, quarterback. Sure good. Threw for 375 and four touchdowns, uh, six carries for 11 yards, which is actually on the, way on the low end for him. Right, right. Um, but... Uh, we were a couple of kneel the downs air. there at the end of the game, but they, we were talking off the air. I mean, he has more carries than anyone on the Steeler team except for Connor. Right, yeah. he's their second leading rusher. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about that team is uh, we, we were talking about, and we'll get more into this as the week goes on. But uh, Buffalo does not run the football. No, no, they really well, don't. Traditionally, they anyways, it's right. uh, they've run the ball five more times than the Steelers have this year, and we're talking about <laughs> how little the Steelers have run the football. And to your point, they have a running quarterback, and the Steelers don't. Yeah, yeah right. So yeah. a lot of that is Josh Allen. Uh, Baker Mayfield was number two, uh, threw for three thirty-four and four touchdowns, uh, four carries for five yards. Also had a reception for yeah. six yards. That was a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on board 100% for fantasy, but he played very, very well this week. He uh, had some, some credit. He, right. That was more to me about the Titans' defense. I also think start your guys against the Titans' D. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad group. It's they don't a, rush the passer at all. Yeah, right. they, that's the thing. They, they, they are a, just completely devoid of any pass mm-hmm. rush. Clowney's out for the rest of the year. Not that he's a great pass rusher. but Landry's least, good and yeah. Simmons is good, but they don't rush the passer well at all. No, they just can't do it. They need um, to reassess their defense. Yeah. They don't have bad players, but, boy, they look bad. Uh, Derek Carr actually finished third with 381 yards and three touchdown passes. Did rush for a score as well. I'm fine with him. Two but weeks he ago wasn't was an anonymous. Yeah, but, he, but he's he's kind of like Baker to me. I mean, he doesn't have a real high ceiling. Yeah, they struggle. Their defense better. stinks, so he's oh, going to have to throw stinks. the football. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't. Ha- they, Boy, there's a lot of bad defenses right now. They man. really are, including the Browns. By the way, their secondary their defense is bad. So yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill, speaking of that Browns defense, threw yeah. for 389 and three touchdowns uh, with one interception. Didn't run, though, at all in that game. Nah. It was kind of surprising. And you could call it garbage time, and in a way it was. because I mean, it was by definition, I guess. But he was carving up a bad secondary yeah. with good receivers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Stafford. Uh, Matthew Stafford threw for 402. That's the high watermark for the week. Three touchdowns. Uh, did that on 42 pass attempts against that Bears defense, which had been pretty good. It had been pretty good. Yeah. Um, my my takeaway with that was Bevel takes over as head coach, and they started pushing the ball down the field again, which is very Stafford-esque and much more what he did last year. I'm open to using him in the playoffs, though. Uh, Taysom Hill threw for 232 and two touchdowns. Uh, he ranked high in the scoring because he had 14 carries for 83 yards. And he will. And that's uh, what he's, he's going to do little bit for as long as he does it. But he's also not going to play Atlanta. Like his True. two best games, he's had two two of his three starts have come against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And his start in between that against Denver, he did nothing. Well, they didn't have a quarterback either. Yeah. I mean, like he got to play a game without the, an opponent being a threat. Yeah. But he did nothing he did in that nothing, game. No. Um, Kirk Cousins, 305, three touchdown passes. He's been pretty good. See, I believe in him. Yeah. Jefferson's a stud. And Thielen's really good. You can dump it to Cooks, and he can take it to the house to you. He pushes the ball down the field, and they move the ball. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 295 and three touchdowns. Yeah, Nick, Nick Mullins, uh, 316 and three touchdowns against that uh, Buffalo defense. Steelers are going to move the ball against them. Oh, I think they will, too. I think the D's looking a little better in Buffalo, but their run defense is amongst the worst of the league. Yeah. and. They're just okay. I mean, Nick Mullins, they, Nick Mullins had 316 passing yards against these guys. Right. 
I mean, three touchdown passes. I mean, I think Ayuk and Samuel and those Samuels and those guys are very fantasy worthy, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not sure I'm starting Nick Mullins. I'm just talking about Niners going forward. Are you worried about Kyler Murray? Now, he threw for 173 yes. yards and three touchdown passes, but again, the, the five carries for 15 yards. Mm-hmm. He's not running the ball. He doesn't look good throwing it. I think it's 90% health-related, and I, uh, one day he, the shoulder will be fine and he'll be back to looking like Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think one day one day will be this season, though. That's the problem. I don't know. I like, if I'm heading into the playoffs right. and Kyler Murray's been my starter all year long. And that's I, why you're there. That's why you're there, right. but, man, you better have a backup option. Uh, agreed, because 90% of it is is injury-related, but teams are keeping him in the pocket and he can't see. You yeah. Know, I mean, part of it. And he's not running like he was. He's not running. And he's not able to see the field like he, he used to when he's out moving and improv. And so, yeah, I'm real worried about him. But he may – that shoulder might heal on Wednesday and he might look like the same guy. I just don't know. I'm not an injury expert. Um, the running back position. We had a few games, uh, a few hundred-yard games this week, mm-hmm. led by Wayne Gallman. I think he's 16 real. for 135, no catches, didn't catch the ball, didn't no. score a touchdown, so it wasn't a huge day. But he gets the goal line carries for them. Oh, and they their defense allows them to stick with a running game, Correct. too. Correct, yeah. And Daniel Jones comes back. I don't think that changes anything. But I think, if anything, it helps him. Um, I don't think Freeman's going to play again this year. No, he's... Maybe in his career. Yeah, not a, not a factor no. at all. Melvin Gordon against the Kansas City Chiefs, 15 for 131, also caught a pass for 11 yards. He's a quality player. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a quality back. I mean... Uh, I don't think he's flashy. I think he's, you know, probably a running back too. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you your, can win you know. that. Uh, Aaron Jones, 15 for 130 and a touchdown. That was a ridiculous touchdown at the end of that game. <laughs> that was a long one. Uh, had three catches for 18 yards. Ended up with a good day. But it wasn't – I mean, before that touchdown run, you're sitting there going, oh, boy, Aaron yeah. Jones only got 15 points at this point. I know. And part of it's just because he's never going to be a high-volume guy. No. Like, his best games could be in the playoffs when they really need to lean right. on him. They haven't yeah. needed him that They haven't much. done it yet. Right, right. They're keeping him fresh. They're As doing opposed nice job keeping him fresh. to Dalvin Cook. Right. 32 <laughs> carries again for 120 yards. Caught six passes for 59 yards. Yeah, he earned it. Yeah. Uh, he, didn't score a touchdown, but I man. Madison was out in that game. Too, yeah, they didn't have Madison, which right. helped. But they threw a touchdown pass to C.J. Ham for God's right. sakes. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, Cook's obviously an every week starter, of course. Here's an interesting one. There's actually a couple interesting ones from the Jets of all teams. I know. Ty Johnson, 22 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. Also caught two passes for 13 yards. He had a couple good games with the Lions, too. Uh, Gore's out, or at least was injured in They're going to have to find out what they got with this guy. I'd say at least play See him. what you got. We've been saying forever. Yeah. Every... It, it was the Raiders, and I understand that, and their defense sure. stinks. But but they run the ball, and yeah. I mean Ty Johnson should be in your league. Yeah. And maybe start him. Yeah, I mean that it might be you might be looking at that, but if right. you're looking at Ty Johnson or I don't know, I mean if they give carries a Gore going forward, although I shame on them. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean that's a, that's a wasted you know, wasted experiment there. Are we in on Jonathan Taylor now? Thirteen for ninety-one, three catches for forty-four yards and a touchdown. I thought he should have gotten the ball more in that game. Yeah, I always do. Hines is going to catch passes. Yeah, uh, he's not going away. But they were they he had a rushing touchdown. Yeah. He had like a five-yard rushing touchdown. Why in the world would you not have Jonathan Taylor doing that? I know. But Hines is a pretty good player. He has some Eckler to him. I get that. But, but I think Lord. Taylor's a running back, too, though. you got to get him more than 16 touches. He had 135 yards on 16 touches, total yards. Taylor did? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
some of these rookies are starting to be trustworthy. Yeah. Acres, Dobbins. A little too late for my team. I'm I'm carrying all these guys and have been most of the season, and now it's, you know. They've all had some stumble with a COVID situation or, you know, a bye week gets in the way, but starting to finally trust them in December. Uh, Miles Gaskin, 21 for 90, two catches for 51 yards. Yeah. Their run blocking's terrible and their running game's bad, but he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, and he catches balls. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 15 for 88 and a touchdown, two uh, catches for nine yards and a score. He has not been the same player with, with no. since Taysom Hill. He's been an RB2 right. since Taysom Hill's been the guy. There's rumors of Breeze is coming back a week or two from now. Though. Yeah, that won't be too soon for, you know, right. if you're an Alvin Kamara owner and you've, you know. But he showed this week that he's not junk either. People are like, should I start Kamara? Yeah, you're going to start him. Again, they played against a team that has a quarterback. I mean, yeah. they, they just rested him against Denver. Uh, Chubb at 18 for 80 and a touchdown, one catch for 26. Damian Harris, 16 for 80, one catch for 15 yards, which he had a catch. He had a catch. That's <laughs> one of the only ones. He uh, doesn't score and he doesn't catch passes. Yeah, James Robinson, 18 for 78 and a touchdown, six catches for 30 yards. The other guy He's there every week. from the Jets, Josh Adams, 8 for 74. Yeah. I was never big on him when he was with the Eagles either. But? But the same conversation. Gore should never get another carry. They're going to run the ball. They're not going you know, to give it all to Ty Johnson. No, no, you no. Know. no. He, he's worth owning. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery, 17 for 72 and two touchdowns, four catches for 39 yards. He's That's easy pro- to make fun of, but he's not bad. He, you know, if he's going to get 20, he's going to get 20 touches every game. And he catches the ball. There's no Cohen. Um yeah, and their defense usually keeps them in games. He's better than you think, and he's putting up fantasy numbers every week. Here's one I wanted to talk about as well. Cam Akers. Yeah. 21 for 72 and a touchdown. One catch for 22 yards. Finally. Finally. But. But. always a but with the all The other guys rookies. are all still there. It's like the Heinz conversation. It's like the Dobbins it's, conversation. It's now like the Seattle backfield. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you got to get Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde touches because, right. well, just because. And in that game, Akers was really good and he does look like the guy. But Henderson left for a stretch and then he came back and had a role. You know, like, he's not going away. But all those guys, like Akers and Dobbins and Taylor and Swift and Taylor Swift, I, I like I want all those guys in the second round next year. I don't know about this year, but I th- I think they'll finish their December's strong. Top uh, pass catcher this week was one Darren Waller. If you had Darren Waller in your lineup this week, you won. You won. Yeah, you by didn't a have lot. Much out of a tight end. Thirteen catches, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. He had seventeen targets. I think for a tight like end, one of the top three or four. Fantasy days ever by a tight end. Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a big wide receiver. He's a big wide receiver. That's why I, I kind of I do kind of like the rule in, in my one league where we don't designate a tight end. You're mm-hmm. just a, you're just a wide receiver. You're just a pass a catcher because like, that's all they are. The best guys. That's all like, they are. If we drafted a fantasy team right now, Kelsey should be the first pick overall. If you're playing tight ends, yeah. I mean, he might be the fantasy MVP this year with Kittle out. and, and But Waller's clearly the second tight end this year. It's almost like having an extra starter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you play against a team that's Kelsey, you, you can't have a zero or a, a five You can't take your five-point. No, yeah. no. You've got to really starter. outscore him everywhere else. I wonder if should we take Kelsey and Kittle in the first round next year and be happy about it and cool. Waller in the second. Corey Davis, 11 catches He's for good. 182 yards and a touchdown. He was another player that was in my DFS lineup that nice, just nice. tore it up. Yeah, he does it consistently, too. Yeah, he's going to make some money this offseason. Absolutely. And this is two years in a row that Tennessee 
probably should have put the fifth year option on Conklin, then Davis. I mean, Davis, not that he's from a tiny school, he's a Mac guy, but. They drafted him fifth overall. Fifth overall, and maybe it took him a year longer to be a good player. And maybe the quarterback realized. situation had something to do with that. The Mariota situation yeah. wasn't good, right. But, yeah, he's, he can play. He can play. Like, is he going to make Juju money next year? I bet. I think he makes more than Juju. Maybe more. I mean, yeah. he's an outside guy, too. Uh, Devontae Adams did Devontae Adams things. Yeah, 10 for 121 and two touchdowns. Every week. Yeah. On, a, on 12 targets, yeah. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Steelers are going to see him this week. It's uh, 10 for 92 and uh, no touchdowns, but, again, 10 for 92. Just a real quick note, I mean, which is more Steeler-related than fantasy. People probably think of him and Thielen, you know, because him and Thielen were together for so long. You think of him as, yeah, he's a really good player. He's a wide receiver, too. No, he's one of the best wide receivers in football, folks. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. He's a great route runner. Uh, Robert Woods, 10 for 85. He that's, is a wide receiver, too. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. Michael Thomas, 9 for 105. He looked like himself, too. Yeah, finally. encouraging, especially when Brady's If you've been sitting out. on Michael Thomas all year long, waiting for that game, though, you're probably out you're of your probably place. <laughs> in the playoffs. You probably used the sixth pick of the draft on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, Justin Jefferson, 9 for 121 in the touchdown. He's a stud. Mike Gesicki. I almost had him in my fantasy, in my DFS That'd lineup. Nice. And he had 9 for 88 in a touchdown. 11 targets. The Bengals can't cover a tight end. No, they can't. But that team's looking for weapons, and it's good to see Tua feeding them. Yeah. Uh, Cole Beasley, 9 for 130 and a touchdown. You believe in Cole Beasley at this point? A little, because I believe in the offense, and I believe in his opportunities. But uh, I forget exactly how it went, but the the Niners were on like their third-string slot corner last yeah. night. I forget who it was, but it was very favorable for slot receivers. Uh, Logan Thomas, 9 for 98 and a touchdown against the Steelers. That's People are going to say, oh, the Steelers can't cover the tight end. They've been the number one. They're the number one team in the league covering tight ends until last night. It's such a shortcut. If a tight end has a good game, once out of ten games, you hear that from Steelers yeah. fans. Like, they were designed yesterday to take Terry McLaurin out of the game. And that worked. Yeah. And in that approach, they, they should do the exact same game plan if they do it again. Against Diggs, yeah. Oh, and I mean, if they played Washington again today. Absolutely. Yeah, especially once Gibson was out of the game. Right, right, right. That was nice. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 8 for 136 and a touchdown. He's a stud. <laughs> um, DeAndre Hopkins, 8 for 52 and a touchdown. He that worries was, me a little because was, of the Murray conversation. That one, That is concerning, and, and that was all in the second half. Yeah, was, He didn't have huh? a catch in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's, they played the Rams, right? That yeah. Jalen Ramsey treatment. They've yeah. gone stretches where they just, oh, we, oh, hey, we got this guy over here. Let's throw him the ball. Yeah. Like, Cardinals were low on my power rank. Why do you need reason, to do right? Like, Cliff King, Kingsbury to me is not a good football coach. I'm, I just don't think he is. Like, you went out, you traded for this guy. Yeah. They use him like crazy. He's your number year. one. Yeah. He's your number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you feeding him the football? He should be getting double digit targets every game. I know you're not talking about – you're talking about this in a bigger picture than just this week. But I do think Jalen Ramsey's the one corner in the league that I fear the most for fantasy reasons. You know, like if – Still, but, scheme but it up and get him away on, from him. He stays on – yeah. yeah. Right. Put him in the slot. Jalen Ramsey's mm-hmm. not going to follow him. He's your guy. No, he's Larry guy. Fitzgerald's out. They really do – Hopkins is – lines up in the same spot every time. Yeah. You know, that's, that's – That's a mistake. That's 1980s. That's yeah. a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Thielen, 8 for 75 and a touchdown. He's – Really Cooper good. Cup, 8 for 73. Deontay Johnson, 8 for 71 in a touchdown. How, uh, many, lots, how many yards did he leave on the field, too? Yeah, he left a lot out there. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, 8 for 110 in a touchdown. You buying on T.Y.? Yeah, I, I was happy to see that. I think he's been a high-quality player that we've kind of left for dead. 
thinking he's like the same as AJ Green and Larry and some of these older dudes. I think he's got a little juice left. Yeah, Dallas Goddard's still available in a lot of leagues. Five for sixty-six. He should not be. be available. No, um, for sure. No, should he not should be. be picked up. Although they're changing quarterbacks, and that kind of uh, that kind of yeah, muddies right. up the situation a little bit. I don't think Hurts can throw. I don't think he's very good. No, I didn't like him coming out of school. I don't think this is going to help their offense. <laughs> I don't think so at all. Yeah, um, they just, I just think they don't want to. They don't want to put Wentz through this anymore and start yeah, over next year. I think and, you got to fix Wentz. Yeah, uh, maybe You're paying him a bunch of money, you can't cut him. No, that, well, that's a good offseason conversation. There's yeah. a lot of those type of quarterbacks out there. One tight end I want to throw out there though is uh, uh, what's his face from the the rookie from the Bears, Cole Komet. He's kind of become okay now. He's become the guy there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're really hurting a tight end, he might be someone to look at. Yeah, a uh, tight end position is uh, it's largely devoid of talent, especially if you're playing, again, against you know Waller or Kelsey or if one of these Waller guys. Waller or Kelsey and I'm playing against you, I'm in a big hole. Yeah. I really think big Kelsey hole. should be a, maybe the first pick overall. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, I sent you something over the weekend. It's something that we've talked a lot about. And it's more of an off-season thing, but really it kind of isn't. Yeah, it's very relevant in my opinion. Yeah. Um, some reports now coming out that, well, maybe that salary cap won't go down as much as, as everybody thought it would, you know? <laughs> I hope We've been saying that all along. Like, it's right. not going to go to $175 million. It, it, it would be catastrophic if it does. I mean... The fact that they even said way back when 175 is the floor. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's as low floor, as it can floor, go. Floor, yeah. floor, right. I mean, 200 is normal operating procedure, and that's what these guys and everybody kind of budgeted for down the line. If it drops $25 million, I'm sure you have a list or remember, I mean, the Eagles and some of these other teams, you're going to be cutting really good players. And – it that's, would really it's not good for the teams. Battle. It's not no. good for the players. It's not good for the fans that, you know, they have to cut Fletcher Cox. You know I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying the Steelers are going to cut Cam Hayward. But, I mean, there could be some of those instances that aren't too far off of that across the league. And it would really throw off the balance of power. It would be bad for the league. It would be bad for the And nobody's going to be able to afford to pay those guys. And there's a couple teams that can, though. You know, like... If the Patriots, but it's all the Jaguars money, and the right, Jets, right, right. And, you know, yeah. if, if you're buying guys that are ten million dollar players for two million for one year deals, and then they all leave after this, like, it would be really bad for the league, in my opinion. Like the worst thing in the league, it'd be a lot worse than putting eight teams in for a postseason or having a week eighteen. You must I mean, just open up, open playoffs, just yeah, <laughs> all, right. all thirty two teams in. <laughs> right, that would be more devastating. You know, this would be really bad for the league. And these owners are too smart. And this is such a money maker. You can't lose money as an owner in this league. 
so what if you've got a, you lose twenty five million? Yeah, you bite the bullet a little bit this right. year. You're going to make it up on the back end. And the reason this isn't going to happen is the TV deals are being negotiated. People are wondering why is the NFL so adamant about playing these games? Yeah, right. right That's right. why, That's why so. because they're currently in negotiations with the TV networks. They're going to do whatever the TV networks want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so I expect and that a ripple effect to the cap yeah. into players. So or, as we sit here now, the Steelers, if the cap came in at over the cap, they're estimating at 176 million. It's not going to be that. That's really. Low, I would right? expect it to be somewhere in the range of I think 100, 200 ish, 195 to 200. I mm-hmm. think they keep it kind of a flat rate. Yeah, that's what happened. The last the the only time in the league history since they started the salary cap in 1993 that it's gone down was in 2011. Okay. And that was the you know after the the they had that some issues. Yeah, that, that was right, the, that was they they had the new contract that mm-hmm. came up. There were some tough negotiations. It's a there. massive money. Maker. It went down a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why you know those those Steelers teams that were coming off Super Bowl wins, paying all the you know they're, you're paying your stars money. You a really good roster, right? And they couldn't keep guys like Keenan Lewis, and they had uh, to cut okay. James yeah, Harrison yeah, yeah, and things like saying, that, right, that right. nature because the cap didn't go up. The cap didn't go up. And yeah, you, you count on it going up. Right. You know, like when the Steelers signed Ben and, you know, a lot of these guys, they assumed every year there'd be in a, a little bit of an inflation and the cap would keep up with it. And that's because typically it goes up around $10 million a year. Yeah, right, right, you right. Um, as things stand now, if that cap comes in at $176 million, the Steelers would be $19 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. If it comes in, as we're, as we're saying here, at $195 to $200 million, well, now all of a sudden... You're about even. They're about even, and they right. can they can make that work. They, can, they don't have to blow it up. They're always like that. Yeah. I mean, never is it like, oh, they got a bazillion dollars under the cap. I mean, they're always right around even. Yeah. Then, then, then all of a sudden, the, let's say, you, okay, now you, you, you give Ben his uh, one- or two-year extension. Mm-hmm. You redo Hayward's contract. Uh, you know, kind yeah, of, so what, what things do you foresee happening? You do those two things, and you, all of a sudden you just probably just freed up about $20 million. Mm-hmm. And now you now you got the money to sign your rookies. And, oh, by the way, if you want to sign uh, Juju Banner. or Zach Banner or right. some of these guys, Matt Filer. Filer, Banner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I, can do these things. Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, again, this is much more offseason. I don't know if Juju, Connor, Bud will be back. Yeah, because Bud have, won't be back because you can't afford. He's going to be very. That's expensive. that's one you can't afford, right? And the other two, well, Juju has a fine group around him. Um, Connor, Connor, I guess could be back, but I only see it if it happens this way. He yeah. goes and tests the waters. There's not a big market for running backs. Hey, you want to sign a one-year deal with a friendly move and? We're going to draft somebody even, too. You and, know, we're going to. You know. We'll give you six million over two yeah, years right, or right, something right, like right. that. You know. Okay. You know. yeah, but I don't think you make it a priority right now and give him a big deal. No. Or ignore running back if you do sign him. But it won't be the Armageddon that uh, no for the no. Steelers. That, now, some other teams, you know, the Saints are $93 million over mm-hmm. that cap. But I think Drew Brees retires. But he's not on that cap. Uh, he's not even counting on that. Yeah, because he's right. not signed after yeah, this year. So there's, they're $93 deal. million dollars over the over the cap, and mm-hmm. Taysom Hill's it. And Taysom Hill's <laughs> it, right. I, mean, know, I know the Eagles, the Eagles are really The Eagles hurting. are $65 million over over that cap. And even you know slicing twenty million off of that doesn't really help you. A whole no, lot. like they're going to cut Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson, and they have like three or four others like that. And then they'll still be they'll still be thirty. Yeah, they'll still they're still going to have to bite the bullet on some other things. Yeah, the the Falcons are twenty five million over that. The the Rams are are nineteen million. So the Rams are in the same similar situation as the Steelers. Uh, I don't know what they can do in terms of the 
finagling. I'm uh, sure to, to make Goff that work. can get restructured and some other people, but right. You know, but the Packers, the Chiefs, this is why they can't, you know, this can't go to oh, $175 million. You know, you, right now you get the Raiders, Vikings, Texans, Chiefs, Packers, Steelers, Rams, Falcons, Eagles, and Saints all over that $175 million by not just a little bit. The Raiders are the least amount, and they're at $6.2 million. Yeah, and I'm sure they're – these teams know that there's some guys that are, you know, under contract that they're going to cut. And I mean, that that's the way it always works. But if it's 175, that's changing the rules halfway through the game. Right. You know, like yeah. no one's prepared for that. Yeah. It, nobody, nobody set their, you know, and, and then you got some other teams like the Bears are 655,000. That's, they might as well be under. Nothing, right. The Bills are at 1.7. Again, okay. you might as well be under it mm-hmm. or over it because you, you still can't do anything. You're going to have to make some moves. You get teams like Dallas that, don't have a quarterback under contract. Yeah. I mean, like Dak sitting there looming. What are you going to pay him? You know, yeah. a lot of these guys. So yeah, I, I think that's something that's definitely worth keeping an eye on here. And uh, very steel relevant, though. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking at the effective cap spaces, what uh, the way uh, over the cap has it. I mean, you get you got uh, everybody from the Titans. You know, there's a dozen teams there that that have no cap space, and then they some, can't do anything. Some teams like the Lions, the Panthers, and Giants, and Seahawks that. While they have a little bit of space, it's not going to be enough to. Mm-mm. It's more than half the league. I mean, if ten to fifteen teams are cutting good football players that aren't on horrible contracts, you can just see what the how terrible that would be for the league. Yeah. You know, if there's two or three of them on every team that really deserve their money, and you, sorry, we just can't pay you right now. And, and the guys that it would really hurt would once again be the middle class. The middle the, class. You know, in the NFL, well, we'd like, to, we'd like to keep you, but we've got this rookie here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's way cheaper, so we're going to let you go and save $3 million on the cap. And that's bad for the game, though, too. Yeah. I mean, those are starting guards. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those are quality guys that make those around your, you. Your better. third or fourth receiver, or something yeah, like right, that. Right, you know, right. Your Absolutely. second tight end. Yeah, things I mean, of that nature. Number two linebackers and things like that. They're important. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you want a league of uh, huge upper class, no middle class, and cheap labor. Then you're the Rams. Then you're the Rams. Right. <laughs> and yeah. you and you play up and down every week, depending on mm-hmm. how the you know. Well, the stars didn't show up today, so. Nobody else did it. One one of my least favorite things about the game is that it is such a war of attrition, and not always does the best team win. Sometimes it's the healthiest and luckiest team because it's such a physical game, and it would be worse that way if you didn't have that middle class to make up for a, a big loss here and there. On another note, mm-hmm. uh, on his radio show, I believe on CBS Sports that he does, uh, Boomer Esiason threw out there that Bill Cowher might be and the, interested in, in, in being the next head coach of the Jets, I'm not buying that. You've been around Coach Cowher a lot more than me, but it sure seems like that's a long time to be out of the game. And I don't know this He's is a fact. 63 years old right. now. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame this year. He's going to be right. turned 64 in May, first of all. Secondly, he's going into the, NFA, the Pro Football Hall of Fame later next year mm-hmm. at some point. Um he may he's, still be a fine motivator. Comfortable in, but... in TV. He's, he's, he's doing well at that. Yeah. Why would you put yourself through that? You, you, the game's changed a lot is my point. The game's changed a lot. The hours it. have not changed. No. No, no, it's no, still no, a, right. you know It's still a 60- or 70-hour work week mm-hmm. every week during the season. Right. And then oh, by, and then it's just 40 hours or so or 50 hours in the offseason. It's uh, not like please, you have right. yeah. Why do that? I bet there are some people out there saying, well, why on earth would you go to the Jets? I think the Jets is a really good job. And Could I, be, but just you know. because my thoughts are, I think they have a GM in place. I think Douglas, 
I've, I've got to meet him a few times. I think he's got a chance to be a quality GM. He's had one draft. It's been a good draft. He didn't hire Gase. And, I, and that's not even the biggest thing. It's just they will be one of the teams that have a lot of cap space. So if there but are Does anybody want to go there? They might if Trevor Lawrence is there. Yeah, and, you, know I mean? you know, I don't know. I mean, they don't have a history of winning. But on paper, you could build something there, in my opinion. It's, I don't think Cowers that would even be somebody I'd consider hiring. If though. the if the franchise was located in Kansas Oklahoma City, City or, yeah, somewhere like that, I, I would be more willing to believe that. You think the Big Apple You're, thing is a problem? It's a it's an issue. You're a second citizen in your own stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, the scrutiny is insane too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are players gonna? You know, if, if I'm a player and I'm picking between going to the Jets. And I'm going in Miami. In Miami, yeah. yeah, good example. Rivals, you know. Where okay, this city they're going to pay me this amount of money. I, I got to live there first of all. Well, the cost of living. The cost of living is ridiculously higher. Right. The taxes are ridiculously higher. Sure. You're going to offer me, you know, an extra three I need million. An extra million. I need, yeah, I need yeah. more money than that. Okay, yeah, I get to play in in in, in you know New York, but I could be a star in Miami. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a good player. I can be a star, you know. And, and so, I mean, a lot of teams have that issue that their city might not be conducive to recruiting certain types of players. You know, by the way, I you, we have to share the stadium. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. want to do that. I mean, the the winning. I want my face really on the me. on the you know on mm-hmm. the on the standards and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I could it's get such a floor with Trevor Lawrence, I'm just not. I, I mean, young I, coach, I, I like that that stadium. That whole facility is just blech. yeah. Black. It's not college, though. People don't care about it. There's the, the, the 30- or the 28-year-old guard with three kids care Well, again, about you better – okay, then if I've got three kids, do I want to raise them in New York, well, New that, Jersey? That's an issue, too. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I, mean, I, could, I, I could buy my house – I could buy a $3 million house in New Jersey mm-hmm. that I could get for $1.5 in, in Florida or, oh, you sure. know. I, I mean – That matters. That kind of stuff definitely matters. I mean, people don't talk about that enough. Like the, the dude that grew up in – Houston or Miami, does he want to play for Green Bay or Buffalo? You know, or is a, was a city kid and doesn't want to go to those towns even when it's warm out, let alone when it's freezing out? There is some of that, you know. Or does does some of the people want to go to the heat? I mean, I mean, that's what when I'm looking here at the teams that are going to have money. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars are number one. Right, that's a tough. Stuff. You don't want to go to the Jaguars. Yeah, oh, what, you stuff. mean I got to go play three games or four games a year in in London? I don't want to do that. No, that one to me yeah. is the least attractive. Uh, you know the jet. The Jets are number two. Now the Colts have a bunch of money, but they're going to start paying their guys here soon. Oh, they got right. all those second round picks that they've had that they haven't sure. had to pay. That's coming up. The Patriots and they're not huge buyers. They're no. slow movers. Yeah. You know. The Patriots are fourth. Do I want to play for Belichick in that situation? No. But does he have a proven, proven track record of winning? Absolutely. But the draw you know. that was there once there was the draw was, He's hey, Tom Brady's there. I'm going to go play with Tom Brady. Well, you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Do you think they, I was asked today, do you think Cam Newton is the Patriots quarterback next year? I do not. I don't know. That was one of the hardest questions I, in terms of they're, they're the quarterback. They're really hiding him right now. Yes. And the thing is, if you do, you can't draft – Trask or Jones from Bama, you know, yeah. and like he's so different than almost any quarterback out there. You got to marry yourself to that system, like they didn't with Lamar. Yeah. 
I don't know that that's the I mean, right I, move. Could I see them if, if if Dallas doesn't make a strong pitch for, to keep Dak Prescott? Oh, could I see them going back? Go spend on a guy yeah. like that, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Washington has $50 million. Washington is another team that I have no interest in going to play for. The Bengals have $45 million. They're another team. A lot of those teams always have money, and no one wants. They to They don't go spend there. it, yeah. yeah, and no one wants to go there either. Um, you know, so that, that's the that's the situation that you're looking at. Like, okay, you know, yeah. I, I could be a free agent, but at what cost? Who am I going to go play who for? I want to go lose all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely organizations, and everyone knows who they are, and all the agents know. Chances of me winning games, you'll get a here paycheck, but it's going to be miserable. But it's going to be miserable in terms of win losses. Yeah, right? and Cincinnati's one of them. Cleveland's always been one of them. Washington, you know, yeah. and the Jets certainly are too. Yeah, but uh, I, we'll I see. You. That's all yeah. things that are coming down the line here. We get season left to uh, to, to tons, still, yeah, tons of season left to play here. We'll see how this all breaks down. But I thought that was interesting. That that, uh, that I think that's encouraging though for the cap. That's it absolutely is uh, for the offseason stuff. Yeah, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we all come right. back, we're going to hear from Gene Steratore. Nice. He was on the uh, DVE morning show earlier today. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. What happened at the end of the first half the against last night? Uh, it was brought up in this situation. We'll hear what Gene had was to say Alex about Smith it. Smart about that was. He said he was just trying to get the ball off the field to get the K ball in. That's what he said. Slick trick. It is a slick trick. We'll we'll hear what the Gene Steratore had to say about it right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Welland here with Matt Williamson and Matt, a little... uh, Chicanery at the end of the half. Uh, yeah, it was an uh, odd situation. I can't uh, remember anything like that. No, I, I'd never seen it before. And well, it, it kind of like what the Steelers did at the end. I, I, I didn't dwell on it too much in my game story, just because mm-hmm. it did happen. It did happen, and, and these things do. But and, it was not the reason why the Steelers lost. This being the uh, field goal gift right. at the uh, right. that Washington got at the end of the first half. Um, one guy who can explain, or at least try yeah, to explain, what happened is our buddy uh, Gene Steratore. Uh, he joined the DVE Morning Show earlier today. Gene, of course, the uh, officiating analyst for CBS. This was a Fox game, so this was Dean Blandino trying to explain this one. Let's <laughs> hear Gene's idea, explanation yeah. of uh, of this, uh, what happened at the end of the first half in the Steelers game on Monday night. End of the first half. <laughs> Clock is ru- winding down. The Reds, I'm sorry, the football team does not have enough time to get their field goal unit out and get the kickoff before time expires. So Alex Smith runs off the field with the ball and the referees call a timeout for him and they label it administrative issues, which is the first time I'd ever heard of that. And uh, I'm wondering, like, do they pay them before the game or after when that happens? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, let me pause and gather myself here Rand, for a minute because i don't want to go down that rabbit hole uh about that portion of it but uh let's talk about the reality of what really happened and look uh, i i'm an official as you all know for been my whole life i i don't try to defend officiating uh incorrectly uh i try to uh kind of expose the nuances that their officials are being faced with when there's a play that 
the general public may not understand that I think they got right and would try to do that for the betterment of the game. But in situations that show up like they did last night, this is a complete administrative breakdown by the officials. It's it's simple as that. It's it's uh, it's not an administrative stoppage. It's an administrative breakdown. Um, look, go back before that timeout on third down with 24 seconds left. You know that the Washington football team is out of timeouts. It's third down. They're going to stay on the field. At that point, you are already officiating verbally with your crew, with your little O to O buttons, talking to everybody on the field that now we're about to go from third third down, up third down play with a team that has no timeouts, that the potential of having the scenario which happened occurring. That communication should have happened with this NFL crew during the timeout that the Washington football team called before third down started. Okay, now let's get real about what footballs are like in the NFL. We're not at a Pop Warner game where we hired someone off the sideline uh, to run around with the balls, and then he disappeared <laughs> to go get in line early at halftime. That doesn't occur either. Right. <laughs> there are two. There are two. There's people on the sideline in the NFL. One has the regular footballs, and another guy with the big vest on with the giant letter K is standing next to that official <laughs> with all the kicking balls. All right, now whether the K ball guy looked at the guy with the regular balls and said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to get in line early for a permanent at halftime. <laughs> Hold these balls, I'm leaving." Uh, look, it didn't happen. Okay, so let's get real about where we are and what this is. It's the NFL. So that that crew should have been talking about that scenario during the timeout. Now, when that play actually happens, look, I know. Alex Smith leaves the field with the football. I get it. That's another issue, which he should not have done. But 80% of every football play that ends in the NFL, we don't use the same ball unless it's a run up the middle between the hashes. There's a ball exchange almost on every play in the NFL. That's a normal process like 100 times a game. Okay, so now you have a running play or a sack that occurs with – 18, 16 seconds remaining on a running clock, immediately the referee or one of these officials for sure would be hitting that little button again, screaming, K-ball, get a K-ball. I had it happen in Super Bowl 52 with the miracle play or the Philly Philly special thing because we had a K-ball coming out and went back to a regular ball. That's a normal process for officials, okay? So the minute Alex Smith gets sacked, it's K-ball, K-ball. And the official at the top of the screen that was at the line of scrimmage with those two gentlemen behind him with, with enough footballs to play a lot of games should have turned immediately at 15 seconds for the K-ball guy. And if he left early, the next guy that's standing next to him with six other footballs, then you grab any ball and you play with the regular football. Um, the, the really the problem that comes again right then is the inadvertent signaling of one officials to stop the clock with eight seconds, which can never happen. And that can't happen. You don't stop a clock like that because someone's not got the football yet. So now you have a frozen clock and we know what transpired after that. And the referee, John Hussey reacts, clicks his microphone on and goes into an explanation, which is in the book. Administrative stoppages, guys, are when the chain crew gets blown up and they can't run down the field because the chain's bent in half. We had to stop the game for an administrative situation or something of that nature. Uh, But when you stop this clock, regardless of who benefits now, this play from an officiating lens, is it's a blow up. It's, It's what it became. 
Um, right. I, I've watched the play like anybody has. And the Washington football team is close to the line of scrimmage with about eight seconds. When the clock freezes, they're kind of out there. But you've now stopped the clock. Let's go and, and say it was a normal progression. And the football gets in there at seven seconds, which it should have. And the umpire puts it down and backpedals out. The field goal team, although they're there and everyone's ready to go, they still have to get set and do this in a hurried fashion within three or four seconds and kick a field goal. The fact that they stopped the clock now allows those teams to take a breath, get set in a normal snap, and have a what feels like a regular field goal play as opposed to a hurried one. I think they still may get the field goal off, but once you stop this clock, now you've done something that – that puts an unfair advantage to someone. And in this case, it's Washington. So the criticism that should follow is, is justified. And it's not an acceptable mistake at this level of football. That, that's plain and simple. Okay. Yeah, so all kidding aside. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Steelers lost for a bunch of other reasons besides that, but that was just so comical the way that that went down yesterday. It surprised me uh, how they kind of, steered away from the skid on this one and seemed to make matters worse. So what you're saying is Alex Smith, that's not a delay of game when he takes the ball off. Not really, Randy, because it's, it's, it's third down going to fourth. We're not supposed to ever kick with something other than a K ball. So not really. No, it's not a delay of game by, by, by rule that in that sense, because he's not doing something intentionally to benefit his team. He was actually putting them in a more difficult position Right, that's what I was getting at. By taking the ball off of the field, okay? So, you know, there's not a rationale there. And look, you know what? It, it, we saw how bad this looked and, 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 and how JV it felt, right? Because administratively, there are things happening all day in three hours from the officiating lens. It's a huge part of officiating. And that's doing all these little nuances that no one really knows are occurring that are occurring all the time on the field, and at this level, that's what officiating is. It's a huge portion of this. And that's make this thing flow the way it should without anyone knowing all the little intricacies that you're doing all day. And this is just one that happens to every crew at some time during the season. These plays happen. This isn't, you know, this one in a million, a one-off here. This happens. And the preparation of that is something at this level that's supposed to go without a hitch. It just is never supposed to happen. It's, it's not acceptable. Uh, I don't, and that's a, for me, that's a hard word to say. I don't like saying that, but this is not acceptable. It's just plain and simple as that. Gene, uh, can you explain for me the lineman downfield rule? Because the penalty on Villa yeah. wave in the second quarter, the Steelers ended yeah. up getting a touchdown on that anyway. I think yep. it looked like he was down the field because they let him line up three yards in the backfield to start with. Doesn't he? Doesn't he get a yard? Should on, on a snap yep. from the six yard line? Doesn't he get to go to yeah. the five? Uh, yes, he does. He gets to go to the five. I think he stumbled, Mike. I saw. I rewound that once or twice just because the way Bill Wave acted. Uh, not that most guys that get called out for a foul think they're innocent or try to plead it initially <laughs> for a second there and then. Uh, and most times they might be a little bit incorrect in their reaction. Um, by rule, on a pass play, if an interior or an eligible player is engaged with their opponent right at the snap and blocks him, and let's say he had someone right over top of him, a defensive end, and he drives him two yards down the field and they're engaged right from the snap 
and he literally drives that defender two yards down the field, at which point they become disengaged, and it's a pass play. If that lineman stands stationary and doesn't move then until the ball is thrown, he is still not down the field illegally, okay? But if he goes down on his own without any engagement, if he gets beyond a yard now before the ball is thrown, once that football is thrown in the NFL, behind the line of scrimmage or beyond it, it's ineligible downfield. I thought he stumbled, or if I, if I recall that correctly in that he game, did. I thought he stumbled at the end, which kind of took him a little further. It's a, it's a hair splitter a little bit from my vantage point, um, but I think technically it's a foul for that reason, is that he wasn't in engagement and he was more than a yard down. We always had a little more freedom on that. We would call them healthy yards, right? A healthy one or a healthy two yard, something like that. But I think by rule, technically, he he, he was ineligibly downfield. But he can't stumble after the ball's thrown? Like, wouldn't he theoretically be allowed yes. to chase the if play? If it's out after of the hands, the... he's allowed. Correct. If it's okay. out of the hand, ineligible downfield is when it leaves the quarterback's hand, offensive pass interference, or blocking downfield on a forward pass. That you are not allowed to do until the ball touches a receiver, okay, or an eligible player downfield that the ball was thrown to. So there's a difference in that window of time. An eligible downfield, when it leaves the QB's hand, you're free to take off. OPI can't engage until eligible player touches the forward pass. So there's a little difference in that uh, in the way those are applied. Uh, quick, quickly, last thing, the Ray Ray McLeod fumble, I'm sorry, Ray Ray McDonald fumble, uh, that happened yesterday, uh, seemed to be because a <laughs> player was blocked into him. How does that work? How do you distinguish between interference and whether somebody's actually uh, blocked in? Because to me, it looked like he had a couple of steps to make up the difference. This is a punt return. I didn't see the play, but just if you frame it for me, this is a receiver waiting to receive a punt. And now there's yes, contact right. with that receiver before the yep. ball gets there. In the official's discretion, those gunners that are flying down to get close to time this. So as soon as it touches him, they blow him up without hitting him in the head or neck area because this year he's well, now defenseless it, by his position, right? But he's being blocked where there was some engagement with a receiving team player a couple yards ahead of yep. that receiver before the ball gets there. We really tend to say that if there's some engagement Unless that receiving team player is standing still in a passive posture and not trying to block at all, if there's any contact there, they, we, they will push that to say that he was being blocked. Now, in the judgment of the official, if what you're saying, Rand, is that there was like two or three yards between when they became disengaged, now another level of judgment comes in, and that is, did the player, the kicking team player that's coming after him, have enough time to gather himself and then to create his own movement toward that receiver. So now he's responsible for it. That's the judgment that has to take place in those fractions of a second. It's the same kind of application if you say it's not roughing the passer because a defensive player was coming off a block before he hit the quarterback at or below the knee. And then you have to make that assessment on the judgment of whether that defensive player is still just moving forward based on the momentum the other player gave to him, or if he had a chance to gather from that and now create a different movement that now he's responsible for. So those are the judgments that take place in those, those areas. And as, as I said, most times if they're engaged a little, you lean toward the fact that he hasn't been able to gather himself from that action before he hit him. 
All right, good deal. Gene Steratore brought to you by Bet Rivers this morning. Here's hoping the referee crew this weekend has less administrative issues as the Steelers <laughs> battle the Bills. Cheers. Here, here. I'm for that one, boys. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks as always, Gino. Appreciate you. That was CBS Sports uh, officiating analyst Gene Steratore earlier today on Real the DV Morning Show. Yeah, always good stuff from Gene, and he's absolutely right. I think so, too. I, I mean, mean, he knows the rules. Steelers got short end of the stick at the end of the first half. And yeah. I don't know if they win the game or it goes to overtime. I know they lost by three and all that, but uh, at the time, I kind of brushed it off like, ah, they'll win anyways. They're, they're kicking their butts, but these things shouldn't happen. They should not happen. <laughs> and that's a situation where they should buzz in from New York and say, hey. Uh, run the run the rest of the clock off. The half's over. Yeah, the half's over. Right. He, he's, because the official spun his arm. The official spun his arm. I was there, I was there watching him because the clock was stopped. And I look up and I'm like, oh, his clock stopped. And I'm like, they used to stop. The, if you had a sack, they used to stop it. But they got rid of that rule. Yeah, right. And the clock kept running. And I'm like, the clock shouldn't be stopped right now. And then I saw the official, uh, you know, rotate his arm, and, and the guy I'm sitting right behind the or in front of the the clock operator, and he started the the clock again. And then they stopped it again. So no, put eight seconds back up. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. And it didn't make any sense. But no, and it wasn't explained very well at the time. It know? was not. No, I mean, well, they couldn't explain it because it wasn't the correct ruling <laughs> right, on it. But kicking ball. Or yeah. Anyways, uh, we're gonna. Uh, that's gonna do it for our show today. Wrap, we'll yeah. be back again tomorrow. Have a better idea of who's practicing, who isn't. See what um, the Ravens do tonight. See what the Ravens do. Yeah. yeah, we'll see if they get themselves back into this. But uh, former partner Matt Williamson for Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air. I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.